Hello and welcome everyone to the 63rd episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet in... Oh, oh Matt, oh Matt, this isn't a regular episode, is it? No, the, the worlds of nerd did meet. They sure did at a big, big festival trade show convention with no elbow room. Matt and I didn't go, but we did the next best thing, which is we sat at home on the internet and heard all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which really, in many ways, is that not the best way to go every year? It is. You don't have to get dressed. You can just no. sit at your computer and you get all the same stuff, or most of the same stuff. I mean, we know plenty of people who did. Kamiguno goes, like, just about every year and season does amazing shit, and I'm just like, good for her. Yeah, Hybrid went as well. He did some he pretty did. good coverage. He did. Good for Hybrid. Good for moving up in the world. We, we like those guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with that, everyone, we do have a heaping helping of comic book news this week. I tried my hardest to split this into the comic book side, which will uh, comprise the first half of the show, then the movie and TV stuff, which will comprise the second half of the show. Maybe we'll have time to cover what we read this week, but honestly, we have so much material to work through. We might not. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a fair bit. Yeah, you can't say we shortchanged you or gypped you this week, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Those couple weeks there where we're like, where's all the news? What are we going to talk about? This is where it was. Yeah, this is where where it comes from. This is where it all was. And I got to say, just in terms of sheer volume, this was a pretty goddamn big San Diego Comic-Con, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. The amount of news that was coming out almost every hour, basically. Like I, like I was trying to contrast and compare it to last year. I think this year blows last year out of the water. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, if I remember, were we not a little disappointed last year around this time where it's like, well, it's okay, we guess. Yeah, I can't really actually remember what was going on last year at, at San Diego Comic-Con all that much. I think we got our first poster of Justice League was the big thing. Yeah, I think so, maybe. I, I would definitely say if I was to grade this show, this show would be a solid A. Oh, definitely. The, the only way it could be an A-plus is if the show and the celebrities literally came to my house and gave me a donut. <laughs> that, would, that would be a solid A-plus. What, what would it take for you to give it an A-plus, Matt? Ooh. Pro probably about the same thing. Maybe, maybe if they, they came and they actually brought me some of the more San Diego Comic-Con exclusive stuff. <laughs> I, I would say make Star Wars real, but D23 already <laughs> made Star Wars real last episode. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, you can come to Westworld, but Star Wars... <laughs> it's kind of hard to top that, right? Star Wars being real. <laughs> but yes, with that out of the way, everyone, I figured let's, let's dive right on into this, because we, we, we could very definitely hit two hours this week if we don't start right now. Oh, yes. Yes, we could. So, the first big piece of news here, uh, despite not being in any of the solicitations for Marvel Legacy, Marvel Generations, Steve Rogers' Captain America is coming back, and he is getting a new book. Yeah, and it's by Mark Wade And Chris Sammy will be the artist. They're reteaming the Dream Team duo from their Black Widow book and their run on Daredevil before this. And it... If anything, it's going to look amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be a good-looking book. Mark Wade is a Marvel workhorse. I can see why they would put him on a project like this. As much as I loved the Nick Spencer and Secret Empire-like cycle for Cap stories, you needed a pretty trusted, pretty beloved heavy hitter to more or less put the toys back in the toy box. Yeah, and Mark Wade's like the guy you go to. 
he is a good return to status quo guy. And speaking of returns to status quo, uh, from the little covers we've seen and from the little information that we've gleaned from it, uh, Steve is back to wearing the classic costume. Yes, he is. Which is kind of a shame, because I quite enjoyed the Captain Hydra Secret Empire costume. Then again, much like Hugo Boss clothing, it gets a little ruined by the fact that a Nazi wore it. Yeah, you're like, hey, remember that time when Cap dressed like this and he was like a Nazi? I mean, say what you want about evil totalitarian fascists, but they have style. Their uniforms are always the slickest. <laughs> I mean, just look at the well, Empire. Well, um, yeah, yeah, in um, in Secret Empire, before Secret Empire ends, he he does transition over to like a Hydra costume. So maybe that's like their way of saying like, no, this is definitely Hydra. So when they come back to this, they're like, this is classic Cap now. Yeah, yeah. it's like new Coke. It's like you missed it, didn't you? <laughs> The, uh, the marching order for this series and what they seem to be focusing on, at least for the first arc, is Cap traveling around America and making amends. He's on one giant apology tour. Yeah, it's the Superman grounded yeah, for Captain America. That's literally what I thought and shit. I mean, the only thing Superman did was a renounce his American citizenship. Captain America literally took over America. I think he's going to have more to apologize for. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine the Inhumans sitting there with like a bunch of boards with nails in it and chains where it's like, oh, you better have a good apology for us. <laughs> He's like, look, I, I, I promise I am willing to submit to a tarring and feathering. How does that sound? Like just Cap making <laughs> reparations to all the people he's wronged. <laughs> Look, okay, uh, other heroes, I am okay with a booting. Just one little booting publicly in front of everyone. You can all take turns kicking me in the ass. How does that sound? <laughs> also, shit, I mean, I guess this kind of spoils the ending of the story in a way. I guess that means Miles doesn't kill Captain America. Well, we don't know whether this is actual Captain America or, or like that Dreamtime Captain America or, or Ultimate Captain America. Which, that's a thing now because they seem to be implying more and more that the Ultimate Universe is coming back in one form or another. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, not unlikely. Shit, could be Bucky again for all we know. Yeah, yeah. I still keep thinking Bucky's not dead, but they're like, no, I know, they lashed Bucky to a rocket and it blew up, and I'm like, yeah, they thought that killed him the first time. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. No, no, I think he's going to be the 11th hour coming and save everyone at Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. Because clearly Spencer... Whoa, 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 what if he's that old man? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, like the thing where it's like, yeah, you know, it that rocket, it you know, it just messed up all the injections and shit in him and made him old for some reason. But Cap couldn't bring himself to kill his little buddy Bucky, so he just kept him around. Yeah, or he never actually got them, so he was just a kid during World War Two, and he never got killed by Cap, and he just aged. Yeah, there's all sorts of directions they could go with that. Yeah, the the old man is now the big mystery of Secret Empire, isn't it? Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. That last issue was pretty sick, wasn't it, Matt? It was pretty sick. My favorite bit was a Hulk Bruce Banner just telling Cap off for being a crazy person. <laughs> He's like, you're a Nazi now? Yeah, whoa, how long was I dead for? <laughs> I, I love that where it's just like there's so much shit and it's like look Bruce we don't have time to get you up to speed on everything all you need to know is I want you to hulk out and kill all your friends cool no not cool 
But 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 they killed you. Oh, I, I, okay, I'll do it. He he mentions everything. It's like, look, they killed you, they fired you, they blasted you off into space. Why would you defend them? And Bruce is like, because they're my friends. That's why. <laughs> and I know, even though they've screwed me over in the at the end of the day, they had my best interest in mind. Only for Cap to be like, mm, okay, Bruce, I wasn't really talking to you though. <laughs> I was talking to the Hulk. And Hulk hate Banner most of all. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was some good shit. Yeah, I'm interested for this Mark Wade story. My big thing moving forward, though, as I said about all Captain America runs, it might be good, but will it be must-read? Yeah, yeah. Because whether you love or hate Captain America, he is very easy to ignore for a good mm -hmm. bulk of his runs. Like, I mean, outside, like the Golden Age stuff with Grunwald... The obvious Ed Brubaker stuff where it became a spy epic. And right now with Nick Spencer's, like, you know, all roads lead back to Cap, lead back to Secret Empire. That's maybe only three Captain America runs I can think of where it's like, yep, that was a must read. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. I mean, like, he's he's consistently had books, but it's like you never hear like, oh, but you gotta read this one, though. Yeah, there's not a lot of him on, like, required readings for getting into Marvel or something. It's true, because, you know, even though he's important, shit rarely ever, like, you know, revolves around him. Superman has been like that for long periods of time, too, and I think the run we're in now currently with Superman is a must-read, because all roads do come back to Superman, and he is a major player again. Definitely. Which is good. So, you know, hey, big big ups for this book. Uh, can't wait to see what they do with it. I like Wade. I like Sammy. Uh, Wade's interesting, too, because he has written a lot of Captain America in other stuff. And I mm -hmm. think he had the reins of a Cap book, like, right after Heroes Reborn. But he never had a full, complete run on Captain America. Yeah, no, I do remember him actually touching the character a couple of times. But, yeah, I don't think he's actually been in charge of an actual book. Yeah. It'll be funny, too, because, you know, obviously uh, totally diluted people who don't know what they're talking about often say, oh, why do these Captain America books have to be so political? Um, Because he's a man wearing a flag <laughs> who represents America literally and figuratively. That's why. We know Nick Spencer was a very political writer, and that was the angle that he took with Cap. Wade has not shied away from telling political stories either, but he's also, like, you know, a guy who is about the idea of the superhero and the superhero mm -hmm. as a symbol, which is very clear in his work. I wonder what way he's going to take it. I imagine he's going to go more like, you know, the symbol of a superhero thing, only so you don't have two political runs back-to-back. -back. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, he's got to definitely change it up from Secret Empire, which is very political, so they'll probably go back to the more classic superhero cat. But but knowing Wade, too, Wade's a tricksy hobbit, and he's been in the business long enough, don't be shocked if he puts a little political stuff in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It might be kind of like how he does, like, champions at the moment, how That's... a superhero, but still political. That, too. Which I wonder, too, if he's just like, nah, nah, I, I get all that out in champions. I don't need to do it here with Cap. Yeah. Yeah, t true. It could be like that. But, hey, you know what? That could also mean we could get some really cool uh, champions Captain America crossover at some point. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. Especially because the champions, while they have a lot of different, like, you know, analogs for older superheroes, like, you know, they kind of have the legacy uh, roles filled, they don't have a Captain America role on their team, do they? Not really, no. The closest thing they have is really Kamala Khan, who, you know, kind of embodies mm -hmm. kind of, you know, the immigrant spirit, the second generation American thing. But then again, she's also draped in the garb of Carol Danvers, so, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in that one. Now, keeping on the comic train, but moving away to the realm of Star Wars, Grand Admiral Thrawn will be getting his own comic miniseries based on the Zahn books. Yes, it is based on the new Zahn book that was oh. written recently for the new canon. Um, but yeah, he's going to be doing that. I can't remember. It's a woman who's going to be writing it. Jody Hauser, um, who wrote the yeah. novelization of The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, um... She, she's going to be doing that, and I I don't think they've announced an artist yet. No, I don't think I they don't have. Think this so. was very fresh. No. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting, especially because they said they're going to add and change stuff that they couldn't put in the book. Right. Now, is this going to be an origin story for Thrawn, or is this just a day in the life of Thrawn? It, it's kind of both, in a way. Hmm. It's kind of... It, it's, it sort of details... I've read the book. It, it kind of details his his early standings with, like, the Republic and the Empire and everything, and what was, like, his deal and everything. Nice. I, that's what I want to read. Yeah, it, it's re it was a really cool book, and I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to be doing with the comic. It's, uh, it's kind of an interesting time for Thrawn right now, because obviously, you know, Rebels will be coming back very soon, and I can only assume Thrawn isn't going to make it out of that last season of Rebels because he's never talked about any other time in the Star Wars canon in the future, so I'm going to assume the Battle of Lothal will be like his Waterloo if I'm to make a Napoleon reference. Well, the thing the thing is, like, he could still be around after that because in, in the old canon they sent him off into the Unknown Regions. Oh. So, like, outside of, like, wherever where Star Wars takes place. So... They could easily do that here, and they, they kind of go about that in the Thrawn book as well. They kind of mention that and everything. So maybe he screws the pooch so badly in the Battle of Lothal, they're like, look, Thrawn, fuck off, go to the uncharted parts of space. Maybe, yeah. I could see that being a thing, like, you were beaten by rebels, you were beaten by scruffy nerf herders, you blue bastard. Yeah. I, I doubt they would say it like that. It's still a Disney XD show, unless they really wanted to go hardcore for that final season and start swearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. Just out of nowhere, they're like, no, 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 for artistic integrity, they all need to swear at him. <laughs> like a lot. Like just like a cartoonish George Carlin amount of swearing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested for that. As we mentioned before, they've been hitting, like, they've been batting 100 on these Star Wars books, and what better than to base one on Thrawn? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Super interesting character. Now, uh, from the world of Marvel properties to the world of DC properties, we got a big, cool-ass poster for the DC Dark Matter universe, which is the special new imprint that will be spinning out of Dark Days the Forge and Dark Days Metal once all that's done. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I we saw like the um like the poster they had at at San Diego Comic Con and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, a bunch of new original heroes you've never seen before and also some updated versions of what could possibly be the Blackhawks, but what is most interesting is they mention like the flagship title or at least the one they're really interested in and that is a new book called The Terrifics written by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, and the interesting thing is Jeff Lemire in the panel said that he wants this to be DC's Fantastic Four. Oh, 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 it's pretty clear that's what they want because the membership <laughs> is made up of Plastic Man, a.k.a. a stretchy dude, Mr. Terrific, <laughs> a Omega-level genius, Phantom Girl, a woman who can turn invisible, and Metamorpho, a big, ugly, craggy guy with a heart of gold. <laughs> wow, this this is DC kicking Marvel while they're down. Oh, what's that, Marvel fans? You want the Fantastic 
Fantastic Four. Oh, what's that? You can't have it because friggin' Fox is fucking with them? Well, guess what? Come over here and we'll give you a Fantastic Four book. <laughs> <laughs> Although we don't trust it enough to keep it in the main universe, we'll still give it to you. <laughs> That's so amazing. And again, it's like, this This feels like a really good fit, because these are characters who it's like, yeah, I like Metamorpho, I like Plastic Man and Phantom Girl and everything, but they never they never really fit in in the main DC universe, because there was always people who essentially did what they did, but better. Mm-hmm. And they always kind of felt like, well, we're filling out a team, who do we put on? Ah, put some of these guys on a team. So yeah, putting them on a team on their own, and putting Lemire at the helm, hell yeah, I'm interested in this. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. This, this this also pretty much lets us know that, yes, Lemire is done with Marvel right now. Old Man Logan finished up. He's finishing up Thanos, and Donnie Cates, the god country guy, is going to be taking over. Yeah, so he's coming back over to, to DC. I wonder if he's going to be exclusive. Uh, he might very well. There's a lot of exclusivity contracts going around, but yeah, good, good on him for coming back into the fold. Hey, hey, Lemire, now, now that you're back at DC and stuff, not, not that I don't love what Benjamin Percy is doing and everything right now, but can we get, uh, can we maybe get like a little Outsiders book? Maybe, uh, maybe answer up some of those questions you left dangling in Green Arrow, just maybe. <laughs> well, he, he could always actually do that in like his terrific book as well, like he have could. a crossover with them. Oh, that would be cool. They run into the Outsiders that he set up, and they run into all this other shit. That would be nice. Ooh, ooh, let him and Percy write an annual together that tries to answer some of those questions. Oh, yeah. Especially now that Moira Queen is back alive, so apparently both of Green Arrow's parents who claim to be dead weren't actually dead. <laughs> That's gotta fuck with your head. <laughs> I mean, the the whole universe in the poster that we saw, uh, they look to have some cool shit there. We saw Silencer, which is the book James Tynan is going to write. We got some of that Champions of the Unknown, apparently, who are going to be a big part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, they all look very interesting. Yeah, the, I think this is supposed to be like the indie, like, like the early indie equivalent thing, where it's like, look, it's still very much in the DC universe, but we're telling stories kind of outside, you know, the pale of what you would normally expect with a bunch of weirder characters, which... Which hilariously I always thought was kind of the Vertigo model, but they have a Vertigo model, it's just called Young Animal. It's very weird. Yeah. Yeah, Young Animal as well is going to be crossing over with the DCU soon. That's right, they are, which I'm like, okay, that's cool, I like this idea, you've set up this imprint, you've set up this universe and its rules, and now you can get some crossovers happening. Yeah, they already kind of teased it as well, because I know there was a Cave Carson book where he teamed up with Superman. That's right. That yeah, that, And that, that, it was really cool as well. That sends a pretty strong message. I haven't been keeping up with a lot of Young Animal, but now that I know, okay, they think it's successful enough to cross it over with the main brand, maybe I should give it another look. Mm. Speaking of imprints, too, uh, did you hear they're finally getting Milestone off the ground again, turning it into a DC imprint after me bitching and moaning for what feels like years? Really? Yes, they are. Again, see, already I'm worrying about this because some people don't even know it's so flying under the radar. It was another announcement at San Diego Comic-Con, but no one fucking knows about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Jim Lee is going to be spearheading the initiative, and Reginald Hunland, one of the original uh, Milestone people, one of the dude under uh Dwayne McDuffie Hudlin of course had a famous Black Panther run back in the day. Uh yeah, he's uh he's going to be one of like the overseers of this. Hmm. Which makes sense cuz Hudlin's like the only guy who actually continued to do stuff and who has enough juice to kind of make this happen. Yeah, yeah. You know who really hates Reginald Hudlin? 
Yeah. Aaron Magruder, the dude who does Boondocks. Really? Oh, he fucking despises him. Did Did you remember in Boondocks where they had that whole arc involving BET and there was that character called Wedgie Hudland? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a thinly veiled fuck you to that Hudland is what that is. <laughs> also, too, if, you, if you'll remember in that same uh, episode, what was Hudlin trying to get made on BET? A really shitty stop-motion Black Panther show, <laughs> which is a real show BET really did. I don't know what Hudlin did to offend Magruder so much. Maybe it's an artist beef is what it is. Maybe he just got mad that he turned it into a really bad cartoon. Maybe. I just thought that's so funny. So, yeah, man, friggin' DC, a comic for everyone. Yeah. It's like what DCU probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a comic and a comic for everyone. But yeah, I'm totally interested in that. And while we're speaking about Dark Universe, they haven't said if this is going to be a Dark Universe spinoff, but I get the sneaking suspicion that it might be. Duke is getting a special issue. Batman The Signal. Yeah, this this is probably definitely a Dark Universe spin-off right which i mean i guess it makes sense now that we know how intrinsically tied duke is to the metal and the dark universe and all this other stuff they're setting up uh basically the marching order they had for this is that duke will be the batman sidekick who fights by day yeah that it sounds pretty interesting but at the same time i i said this on twitter like you did there's there's nothing stopping the other one the other robins or batmans fighting during the day and they often have they often have no we need the cover of night and darkness matt only duke can fight by day look how bright his <laughs> costume is what if his powers only work during the day because he, oh, he's, he's he's like a light character so he's powered by light that would be funny he li- he's a reverse vampire he literally can only go out in the day <laughs> That's all right. Just team him up with the Ray. That's oh, fine. Oh yeah, they, 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 their costumes are quite complimentary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying really hard to make a Sailor Moon joke there. You know, Duke fighting evil by daylight, winning something. I I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Duke starts doing crazy Sentai transformations whenever he has to do it. <laughs> Duke runs with toast in his mouth and is just always so clumsy. <laughs> That's that's my pitch for the series. This this is why I wasn't allowed to write Duke. They they shot down this this weird anime pitch I had. <laughs> what? And he fights Queen Not Barrel from the Darkiverse. What? <laughs> well, 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 you know, because the whole thing's called Dark. You know, it makes sense. <laughs> D- damn it! Who keeps letting him in with these horrible pitches? <laughs> it's like he literally pitches the first thing that comes to his mind. <laughs> Uh, now, moving away from that, back to Marvel for a second, but actually something kind of interesting. Uh, Iron Fists, a new comic series to kick off Marvel's digital first imprint. Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I, I heard about it, and I can only think, like, hey, they saw, like, what, you know, bombshells and Injustice and everything is doing. It's And even Valiant, too, with just, like, these digital exclusive things. Like, Marvel has had digital exclusive titles in the past, but they would always be like, oh, you know, wait for it, and we'll put it out in print eventually. I, of course, never liked those Marvel Infinity books. I always thought they were a real pain in the ass to read. They were really weird. They were, where it's like, you know, you, you get a full story, but we only have to draw X amount of images. Mm-hmm. They were experimental, but not in the good way. No. They, uh, they haven't named the writing team for this yet, but I can only imagine it's going to be Carrie Andrews, because Iron Fist's 
is the continuation of his, like, uh, immortal weapon or unkillable weapon, whatever the fuck that one is I hated. Oh, okay. It's his continuation of that. It's Danny Rand with his, you know, young uh, toddler partner who is also an Iron Fist and, like, their pet dragon, and he's going to be teaching them the ways of the Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's alright. I mean, some people really liked that run, and some people really wanted that run to see completed. I didn't care. It's also, I think Marvel didn't care, because it's like, remember when they were talking about a new Iron Fist series? It's like, yep, this is what the new series is going to be. But then the TV show happened, and they ditched all of it. It's like, okay, Ed Bressing, you write something that's vaguely like the TV show now. Yeah, that series was kind of shit. <laughs> From what I hear, and yet it's still going. Yeah, and yet the guy writes a really good Old Man Logan. Yeah, from what I understand, I haven't quite read his new Old Man Logan yet, but I hear mixed things. He's Canadian, Ed Bresson. Oh, really? Yeah, he also kind of seems to be their go-to guy for fucking everything now. It's like, oh no, James Robinson left uh, Cable to go back to work for DC again. Who's going to write uh, Cable now? Um, 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 Ed Bresson. <laughs> uh, Jeff Lemire left uh, Old Man Logan to go work for DC again. Who who who's gonna write Old Man Logan now? Ed Bresson. <laughs> that that dude must be at the top of everyone's Rolodex. It's gonna be not long before he's just writing everything at this point. <laughs> Here's hoping he gets many paychecks for these books. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that was Iron Fist. It's a cool idea. I know I have said many times before to both you know praise and anger when I say that digital comics are the way of the future. This this is just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. We love the stores, we love the store paradigm, but it is not a, you know, tangible business model anymore. And if stuff like this is successful and proves to be successful, we'll be seeing more and more digital series, digital first, digital exclusives. Yep, definitely. And again, you know, like, as we said before, DC's done it, Valiant has done it, it's just, you know, we just need a couple more big hits to prove that, you know, it really is feasible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Iron Fist will be that series, but it has every chance to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, moving on from digital exclusives to sequel talk. Uh, our old pal Grant Morrison was out in force at this year's Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And he announced two brand new sequels that he's got coming out. One is Wonder Woman Earth One Number Two, which of course makes sense. You know, all those Earth One titles get sequels. It's kind of given. You know what we didn't talk about last year? The the Green Lantern Earth One book that came out. That's right, we didn't. That one totally uh, totally skipped my mind for whatever reason. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, what's what's the pitch on? Is it anything different, or is it just the retelling uh, of Green it, Lantern as we know it? That, it is very different. Is it, it is very different. Yeah, uh, how Jordan is an astronaut now. Okay. Yes, I saw that cover, yes, and thought that was interesting. So he's an astronaut, not a jet pilot. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to look it up uh, just to make sure I am giving you the right information. Yeah, so um, you, you do that, Matt. I will vamp and talk to the audience while you do that to the audience. <laughs> he's a astronaut and a scientist working for Ferris Galactic. Oh, um, now, the astronaut bit I buy, because it's basically like, yeah, if you're a really good pilot, you get to be an astronaut, but scientist Hal Jordan, I don't know. <laughs> Hal Jordan is many things, but I never would call him smart or a scientist. Maybe, maybe he's like self-proclaimed scientist. <laughs> he just lies to get women to, you know, go home from the bar <laughs> with him. I am a scientist and an astronaut. 
Yeah, um, the other major change is the Green Lantern Corps was actually completely destroyed by the Manhunters. Oops. And it's Hal's mission to re-establish the Corps. Interesting. So kind of what's happening in the comics now, but just with a twist on it. Kinda, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that sounds interesting. That sounds like a good pitch for a Earth-1 book, which I know I've said this before. Earth-1 stories in general just seem like really good movie pitches that they had laying around, and they're like, eh, be- best not let this go to waste. That's exactly what they... Like, you read all the Superman ones and the Batman ones, they read like a, a movie pitch that wasn't used. Yeah, and here's the sequel, and here's everything. Like, they even build, like, sequels to movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. The, well, okay, you know, the Teen Titans one, that feels like a TV show. The other ones feel like movies. The Teen Titans one totally felt like a TV show with the with the extended cast and the characters who weren't what they seem at first. That's like, you know, the, here's your mid-season, here's your stinger, here's your finale. Yep. yep. Yes. Uh, apparently this Wonder Woman one is going to involve Nazis, so apparently we're actually going back in time. We're going to be seeing some World War II stuff. Okay, cool. Or maybe I guess. Maybe it's maybe it's modern day neo Nazis and Captain Nazi, which is stuff they actually do. Maybe, yeah. There's actually some pretty good stories where Wonder Woman fights neo Nazis who try and like take over Themyscira and make it like New Reich Town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're crazy. Them comic book Nazis, I tell ya. Uh, the other sequel he had in mind, and this is the one I'm probably the most interested in, a sequel to Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious Earth, which I'm sure many people are throwing up their hands and being like, no, no, why are you messing with perfection? Please don't. It's okay. It's in the Earth 666 continuity, wherein Damien is all grown up in Batman. Yeah, so that's that's quite interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. I quite enjoy the weird, crazy Earth 666 dimension that they have, where Damien is Batman in a freaking trench coat, and everything is all weird and hellish and messed up. It is. It was a very interesting concept when they did it originally. In like, what was it, Batman issue 666 or something? Yeah, that was the one back back when Morrison was right, and that was his thing. What's like, and what happens when Damien grows up? Yeah, bad shit. Yeah, bad shit happens when Damien grows up. It's it's not good. And the Earth six 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 universe always keeps showing up, like in stuff. You always see it in uh in the backgrounds of stuff whenever mm. they go through the multiverse. Yeah, they like showing that um that Damien in that costume. They do. It's it's a fun alternate costume, isn't it? Heck, even in Superman, when they did a blink to the future and we see John and Kate and Damien all grown up, that's what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. It's a good, solid look. We don't know what it's about yet. I also wonder, too, because if I'm not mistaken, in the Earth-666 uh, universe, aren't most of the villains dead? Um, I'd have to go back and read it, but I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I think that it was like like his thing. Like He took care of all the villains that yeah, Batman didn't want to. Yeah, wasn't Damien killing people and like he was fighting like real losers like Jack and Ape and shit? Mm. Yeah. Could be could be interesting either way. That's that's the one I'm interested in. And oh, the sequel train doesn't stop there because you know from beloved crazy Grant Morrison, we have crazy Uncle Frank Miller with a sequel of his own. I'm doing Superman Year One, twenty years after anyone asked for it. Yeah, we actually talked about this. I think last year. Yeah, I think I we think... did too. I think um, about regarding this, or, or like at New York Comic Con or something, he was he was spouting shit about it. He, well, but, he um, said he had Superman Project in the works. We just didn't know what it was. Now we know what it is. 
Yeah, now we know it's something that no one wants. <laughs> no one now wants it. Again, if young Frank Miller pitched this, like, right after Batman Year One, it would be like, oh, well, obviously, yeah, I mean, you gotta do that. Yeah, but, you know, Frank Miller now, who just wrote Dark Knight 3, no. No. <laughs> but did he write it, though, Matt? Did he really? <laughs> it's hard to tell. Uh, I, 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 Considering how, like, terrible it was, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing. Frank Miller is a legend of the comic book world. You can't take away his accomplishments, be it Dark Knight Returns, Year One, his run on Daredevil, all this other stuff. Stands the test of time. Frank Miller now is well past his expiration date as a creative. Yeah, he, he should have retired a couple of years ago. N not only that, but he's also a liability because you don't know if he's going to open his mouth and say something horrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing is, the thing is, he, he was actually saying, like, good stuff about Superman. Mm. And I'm like, like, okay, what's what's happened? Who 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 has replaced Frank Miller? <laughs> Frank was on his best behavior and on his good meds because he needs to work. <laughs> he was on his perks. Yeah, friggin', friggin', Frank needs to work is what he needs. Also, too, from, you know, it's amazing he would want to do this because from everything he said in interviews, he was being quite passive-aggressive and quite upset about Dark Knight 3, he basically came out and admitted, yeah, if, uh, Brian Azzarello wrote the whole thing, they wouldn't let me do nothing. Yeah, so who are they going to get to write this? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Who are they going to get to write this, or are they really going to trust him to just, you know, just grab the pen and write himself? Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to see if this actually does end up coming out. And the the interesting thing is, though, this is a, only, like, a one-issue because it's a hundred-page issue. Oh. Okay, so we can, so this one can't be delayed and get twenty extra issues well, and a million variants. Well, you know, if they see there's interest in it, they'll probably, as I said on Twitter, break it up into twenty issues, oh, and God. you know, each issue will have fifty variants. It's dark because it's true and believable. Yeah. I believe they yeah. might just do that. Also, it's like, how many Superman origin stories do we need, really? How many did we get in the last year? Well, like, why, why do we need to? to do it anyway now especially since they've just like kind of rebooted him and Again. said okay all of this is canon this because oh, this obviously is going to be like an elseworlds or something so yeah. what are they going to change exactly that we haven't a already seen or b want to see yeah what what fresh new spin can you put on the first year of superman hell i think we already basically got a superman year one only it was superman years one two and three in that uh superman american alien from max landis Exactly. They, there's nothing he can actually do that would be surprising or unique. Yeah. I mean, shit, Morrison himself did his first year in Action Comics, and we weren't really crazy about it. No, no. Yeah, we've gotten so many Superman origin stories at this point. Mm. Maybe. Hey, 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 here's a story for you. What about Superman just gets up in the morning and just does some shit? How about that? Or oh, so, like, what, you know... Peter J. Tomasi's doing at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what what if Superman just went on like a vacation with his family in a camper around America? What about that? <laughs> That's a story. That's a story right there. <laughs> what about a story where they get all jacked up on apple pie and patriotism? <laughs> oh, oh, Frank Miller would do that, except then yeah. he'd have like he'd have like Superman like spill out into this like highly racist like 
tirade oh yeah, yeah. About, uh, about immigrants and stuff yeah yeah i'm sure frank miller would love to do a patriotic superman story but i don't <laughs> think we're ready for his version of it Let's, uh, again as we mentioned just a couple weeks ago this is the man who made the ancient spartans the good guys and the arbiters of american democracy just because he hated persians so much yeah, and wrote a hero that was, and wrote a story that was for Batman about him killing like terrorists and like, and like thinly veiled like Arab people. Yeah, because Frank Miller, at the age he is now, cannot make the difference from just you know regular Middle Eastern people and terrorists <laughs> to the point where even DC's like, no, 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 holy terror. Yeah, it is a holy terror. We don't want it. <laughs> Fine, I'll publish it myself, and I'll make it a really awkward, like, printing so it'll never fit on your bookshelf. <laughs> so yeah, from from the crazy world of Crazy Uncle Frank to something I'm sure we can all agree on and all be super positive about, we got some wicked new promo art for Young Justice Season 3. Yeah, they kind of revealed, I guess, probably like 80% of the cast. More or less, it's a big cast, although it's funny... From who we have and who's not there, I thought they painted a pretty interesting picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because remember my big fear going forward, it's like, okay, Young Justice is coming back. I'm worried, though, now, what concessions will they need to make to bring this back? Mm-hmm. Is the thing. So, I mean, the, the team as it stands right now, we have Static Shock, freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. He's on the team now, rocking a brand new costume, too. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. They've given him a fresh new redesign, and I wonder, because Milestone is coming back and becoming an imprint, Static has to be the, like, forerunner flagship character of that series. Is this what he's going to look like? I, you know what? Probably, this this looks like a, like a new, fresh comic design. Mm-hmm. We have Bart Allen as Kid Flash, or maybe he's still going by Impulse. I don't know. I know he took up Kid Flash to be like a like an honorary title for Wally, who died slash disappeared into the Speed Force in season two. Mm-hmm. Hey, spoiler for those who haven't finished Young Justice yet. <laughs> that's the final episode. Uh, Tim Drake with the hood, or at least I think that's Tim Drake. Yeah, I, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it is. I think they did confirm that it it is Tim Drake. It's not Damien. Okay, as we could probably we might, might see Damien. Who knows? But yeah, we got Wonder Girl. We got Spoiler. Who man? She got a hell of a promotion from just being a background character in season two. Who they free uh, from some Crolateans to now actually being on the team as Spoiler. Mm. Uh, between her and a couple other choices they make, I wonder, was that another concession where they're like, look, we're really trying to push Spoiler as a young hero now? She's got to be on the team. Mm-hmm. Or is this something like, obviously, between Season 1 and Season 2, there was a massive time jump. Is this just another result of another time jump? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Our boy, Blue Beetle, looking as good as ever. Mm-hmm. His stock continues to rise. Uh, woman dressed just normally, which there was a lot of confusion over her, who this character could possibly be. Uh, apparently her name is Tracy, which a lot of people... Yeah, it's like, Tracy13. Right, who's been in Supergirl recently. Yeah, yeah. She's a magical character, which made me wonder, where is Zatanna? But then I'm like, oh, well, if Zatanna is as old as Dick Grayson is at this point, she should probably be on the Justice League, shouldn't she? Mm-hmm. which I think that's where they're going with So she's going to be the magical stand-in. Another thing they talked about for Season 3 of Young Justice is that they were going to have their very first LGBT character. Pretty sure it's Tracy, because Tracy is gay in the comics, right? She's dating Steel's daughter, right? 
I think so, yeah. Alright, there you go. We then have Arrowette, which did my head in completely. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. So you did uh, Artemis as the, like, sidekick of Green Arrow, which means we never got Mia. But now we're getting Mia in the show. We now have an official Arrowette. Okay. Yeah, I cool. I, I think um, Artemis is in the show because there's other art as well that pick, depict the the original team with with Connor and Artemis and Kid Flash and everything. So yeah, maybe yeah. she's still in the show. No, I mean, I know she is. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's funny. They have another female archer on the team who is blonde. And it's like, okay, we're finally yeah. doing Mia now. <laughs> now, here's the thing about Mia. I wonder if they're ever going to tackle this. Mia's origin is she was a child prostitute who contracted HIV from shooting dirty heroin needles. Well, the thing they did say is that they're gonna the show's gonna be a little bit more adult because they're they're going at it as like these kids will be, you know, seventeen, eighteen coming up. So they'll be tackling more adult themes in the show. I would love it if they did that. That Judd Winnick story where they actually tackle HIV is amazing, and it's amazing because Judd Winnick, like, literally knew a guy with HIV. In fact, they met during, like, MTV's The Real World, and, like, he stayed very good friends with him. He even made a comic about uh, the time they spent together and his uh, untimely young death due to the disease. It would be definitely very interesting. It's true. Like, I mean, how many heroes where you can say is like, yes, they are a hero with HIV? Mm-hmm. And, like, to be a very positive version of her, she's like, yeah, you know, HIV's not the death sentence it's used to be. She's basically the Magic Johnson of superheroes. <laughs> it's, like, look, it's like, look, I'm still doing it. I'm still having fun. I'm still, you know, living with it. I'm a positive role model for this. Uh, Arsenal on the team, and it's clearly Arsenal because he's got the, what is it, shaved head and the robot arm. Where is good Roy Harper? <laughs> where Where is good Roy Harper? It's Maybe maybe he's under the trucker cap. I don't know. <laughs> oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> like again, is this was this another concession that had to be made to bring the show back? Or it's like, look, so uh, Greg Wiseman, you're basically writing your own fan fiction here, where you split the difference between Roy and Arsenal. Uh, we don't like that because we've been trying to say for like the last decade that there's only one Roy Hopper and his name is Arsenal and he's an asshole. So yeah, gonna have to <laughs> fix that. <laughs> and uh, and Beast Boy on the team, although his costume is now much closer to his Changeling costume. Yeah, yep. Which I like. Actually, I wonder is I wonder is he going to drop the Beast Boy moniker completely now that he's not a boy anymore? Will he just start going by Changeling now? Maybe. Yeah. And then of course the picture you mentioned there of the older team, made up of Dick Grayson, Robin, Artemis, and. Uh, uh, Aqualad and Superboy. Aqualad and Superboy. Let us talk about Aqualad's hair for a second, because this is something they cannot seem to figure out in either version. <laughs> so, like, TV Aqualad comes first, right? Calderam, he's really popular and really cool. Jeff Johns likes it so much, he creates Jackson Hyde for the comics, who is mm -hmm. a character who looks and dresses much like uh, Calderam, whose powers are similar, but he, he's clearly a different guy. You know, he's got big, long dreadlocks and everything where Calder is shown to be a blonde. Now, in this, we see Calder is older, and he's got, like, a beard and the short hair. He looks much more like his dad, Black Manta. Is this, again, them trying to bring things closer together and be like, no, 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 no Jackson Hyde and Calderon are the same person? 
And maybe I don't know. Because they only ever call him Calderam in the show. They ne- he never takes a surface name. He never takes a people name. And it's weird because it's like in the comic just now in Teen Titans, they make a big point of showing uh, Jackson Hyde dyeing his hair blonde. And I'm like, I'm so confused now. There's so much discontinuity between these two characters who, who <laughs> may be the same, maybe they're not. But Jackson Hyde is gay and Calderam isn't. It's weird. It's so... I wish they would just split the difference and be like, no, they are definitively two different characters. (laughs) Now, again, as many people notice that, you know, this older team is not wearing their standard superhero garb. They don't have their uh, logos on or anything. Season 3 is also called Outsiders. Is the older team now the Outsiders? Is that the name they've taken? Uh, Maybe. They're all just kind of like ninjas. They are, which I know in the show they always had, like, stealth modes for their suit. Is And this is my theory, Matt, and you can tell me if you think this is bullshit or not. Does this team go on, like, a special, important stealth mission for the Justice League? Do they end up getting captured, and it's up to the young team to save their older counterparts? That sounds about right. Because it's a way to be like, look, we're honoring the Young Justice seasons and characters that came before, but also... These characters are too old now to be on Young Justice, but they also can't get upgraded to the Justice League right yet, so they need to be here but not here. Yeah, I could I could see that. I'd be fine with that. I think that would be okay and have a whole season of like, oh, you know, we got to find the originals. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be fine with that. But yeah, just in general, it's like, it feels real now. Like, before when they said Young Justice Season 3 was coming, I'm like, that's great news. I won't believe it until I see something. Yeah. It's also nice to know the show looks more or less exactly how we remember it. Yeah, the yacht style is pretty much the same. Because that was another fear. It's like, okay, are they going to cheat this up like they're cheaping up? Excuse me, the DVD animation? Mm Mm-hmm. But no, so far it doesn't seem that way. Nah, nah. What, uh, what, What would you like to see in Young Justice this season, Matt? I know we've pitched these ideas many a times. Oh, hmm. I don't. I don't know. I, I like what we were just saying. How they have to like go find the older team, and in doing that, they go back through like kind of like it's kind of like a nostalgia trip back mm-hmm. through the the previous seasons with like there's villains and all that sort of stuff. We know Darkseid is going to be playing a part in this, and apparently the whole metahuman arms race from the end of season two will also still be an issue. Hmm. So there's something to look forward to. And, and, you know, much, much like the Injustice fan base, they're like, and can Red Hood be in it? Put Red Hood in it. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone just wants to put Red Hood in things. Yeah, I don't know why, but... It's like cereal and milk. Just add Red Hood. Just add Red Hood to it. He has guns. <laughs> he has guns and a really red hood. I, uh, I decided to torture myself, and I actually watched the trailer for Gotham Season 3, and they make a big point oh of being God. like... They make a big point of being like, hey, look, Red Hood guys are back. <laughs> it's, it's even funnier, because like, I have not watched anything of Gotham since like the halfway point of Season 2, when, like, uh, what is it, Gordon seemingly kills that guy, and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. And so to come back here in the trailer for Season 4, it's like, wow, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I um I haven't watched since that Balloon Man episode. Oh wow, that's in in se- season one. So it was like the third two. episode or something. Yeah, it was like yeah. episode one or two. But um, someone I know was like, dude, go look at 
the finale for season for whatever the recent season that just finished up for it. So I looked at it and he's like becoming Batman, and I'm like, uh, oh fuck off. Yeah, that's fuck what they're off. doing. It's also like, look, 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 Riddler's the Riddler, and he's got a green suit, and he's like, you know, trying to take over Gotham, and he shoots Penguin, who loves him, off like the pier, which keeps happening to Penguin over and over. I'm like, they're doing this again. <laughs> How many times has he been shot and thrown in that pier? Oh, like every other episode. And also, look, Catwoman is Catwomaning with a whip, and I'm like, wait, wasn't that the sister of that Galavan guy? She stuck around even after Galavan got rid of seriously. Yeah, yeah. I also saw Butch again. I'm like, didn't they kill Butch or brainwash Butch or God? Gotham's a stupid show. <laughs> like, even by the standards of ridiculous comic bookiness, I remember watching Gotham for that like season and a half and be like this is too dumb and silly even for me <laughs> but hey you know in classic fox things you know we'll cancel firefly we'll cancel sarah uh, cancel sarah connor chronicles we'll cancel any actual good show we have but gotham can stay on for multiple seasons yes yeah but hey h- how about that krypton now that we're talking i didn't even write this down but now that we're on this thing h- how about that krypton dough matt <sighs> I don't know how to feel about this show now. Because <laughs> apparently it's a time travel show. Someone from Earth's past, or someone from Earth's future is traveling to Krypton past. Well, not just that. Just, like, the characters they're deciding to put into the show. Because we're not just getting Kryptonians. We're getting, like, Hawkman, Hawkwoman, uh-huh. Adam Strange, Brainiac... Doomsday. <laughs> you, you know, again, much like Gotham, characters that should not be around, nor should they cross paths with anything that's happening at this point in history. I, I, I like. What the hell is going on with the show? And of course, that this kind of confirms as well that it's not related to the movies, and it it's definitely, it's definitely not related to the Supergirl TV show. So it's just kind of related to nothing, floating in nowhere. Yeah. So, again, like. This is like the third Superman we're going to be getting, yep. and he'll probably appear. I I fucking bet. I fucking bet anything. Like in like the season finale, like he'll be back on Krypton, and he'll like meet his grandfather or something. <laughs> or wouldn't it be some shit like you know uh, what is it? Superman's mom. Oh, Jor-El, I'm pregnant. That's that's yeah. your stinger. Yeah, I'm pregnant with the one that will be the Superman, probably. Is the, the, that's what she says, because she's read ahead in the script. <laughs> she knows that's going to happen. Just, yeah, Krypton, the show no one asked for, on the network everyone loves, Siffy. <laughs> Siffy. Siffy just really wanted a piece of that superhero show pie. They're like, look, we'll literally take everything. Uh, how about a Superman show minus Superman? You want that? Totally. Yeah, and and it's the thing is, it's about something that like literally doesn't even matter to Superman mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like like in the terms of in the grand scheme of things, like who cares what happened on Krypton? You know, no fifty one. years ago. No, and the most <laughs> important it doesn't matter to Earth. <laughs> the most important thing about Krypton is it blows up. <laughs> that's li- that's literally it's like what? It's like well, how is this show gonna end? I know they're not gonna save Krypton. I know it's not not gonna <laughs> blow up. <laughs> Yeah, I, nothing's gonna happen. Superman was literally too young to remember and or care about the loss of Krypton, and so am I. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm sad I lost my home, but I was wasn't old enough to miss it, you know. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's literally everything Krypton is supposed to be. Yeah, I wasn't old enough to do anything about it, so... Also, too, you fall into prequel-itis, too, much like Gotham, where it's like, none of these characters will ever die, because they need to be alive for the important shit that happens later. Exactly, like, we, we, like we, we won't get to see, like, uh, I think his name's Seagal die, because he needs to meet Jor-El's mother, and, and then give birth to Jor-El, and all that sort of stuff like these characters are in no danger whatsoever yeah and anyone who isn't saved by canon they're in danger and they're probably gonna die yeah so you know be be on the lookout for them but yeah that's that, that's a little tv talk they you know I, I didn't even put it down but hey uh, uh flash season four we saw the smallest little smattering for flash season four <laughs> i like in the trailer how like I, I, I don't know whether this was intentional or not, but, like, they, they they seem to imply that, like, Iris has become, like, the leader of Team Flash yeah, or, like, the one I who's controlling that. and everything's, like, gone to shit because of it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, at least they're giving her stuff to do instead of the nothing. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, But, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Watching that trailer, I'm like, oh, good. You know, I, it's like I still like these characters. Maybe they can fix it. But then they, like, do a little too much of a recap on Season 3. I'm like, mm, mm, you reminded me about all the that, things I didn't like about Season 3. That's why I liked the Supergirl trailer. It gave you nothing besides the fact that Adrian Passara is going to be playing Morgan Edge. Oh, cool. That's all That's all it gave you. It didn't give you anything else. I like, uh, I like Morgan Edge. That's a good, deep Superman cut. Yeah, and Psy's going to be in the show as well. Oh, right on. Seems like they're pulling a lot of good characters in. Yeah. See, see, that's how you do a Superman show and make it right. You do a Supergirl show instead, <laughs> where you just end up pulling in characters like Metallo and Parasite and Lena Luthor and everything else, <laughs> and, and occasionally Superman himself. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you do it. Which man, shit, freaking, uh, freaking Flash comes back sooner than we think, doesn't it? Comes back in like October. Yeah, so does Supergirl. I think all the shows start back then. I think if it's anything like last year, I think they come back right around the same time as New York Comic Con. I can remember being on that stupid 11-hour bus ride from hell to New York, being like, oh, God, I can't wait to get the Flash when I get there. <laughs> I'm delirious from riding the bus, and people in Buffalo are very mean. <laughs> <laughs> Is what Joel said. <laughs> Don't worry, this year I'm going to be riding in one of those metal skybirds you hear about. <laughs> I've, I've been saving my nickels and dimes. I won't be a giant-ass skinflint and be like, no, I'll ride the bus. I'll save the monies. <laughs> <laughs> New York's expensive. <laughs> now, you can, now, you can, now you can fly in a plane with mean people from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, with mean people. The same lady who worked at the Tim Hortons is like, sir, sir, what you want, sir? Now she works at baggage claim, sir. What you want with your bag, sir? <laughs> I'd like to take them, please. Also, I asked for a bagel, and you just, you gave me a bagel. There was no cream cheese. It wasn't even cut open. You literally just threw a bagel <laughs> in my bag. You I, goddamn I, animal. <laughs> I know it's three in the morning in Buffalo, and you hate your job, but I'm trying to have a nice time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cut out for America. <laughs> oh, God, I'm laughing so hard the spine of my neck hurts. <laughs> uh, you know what else is going to hurt, Matt? What's that? Uh, apparently Fox is developing a solo Doctor Doom movie. 
<sighs> yeah, let me let, let, let me sum up how I feel in one sound effect. There we go. <laughs> did, did, did the mic pick up that wet fart noise? Because that's what this movie's going to be. Because, <laughs> you know, from, from the studio that fucked up the Fantastic Four twice and is threatening to fuck it up a third time, a Doctor Doom movie no one asked for. The, the only, like, kind of good thing about it is that they're getting the guy who did Legion to make it. See, that hurts more, because if it's good, you'll know they'll only fuck it up later and it will ultimately amount mm -hmm. to nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's the really painful thing about it, because it's like, what? what is your end game for making a Doctor Doom movie? If it does really good, what? Are you going to do a sequel where he like goes to school and meets Reed Richards, and that's going to be the sequel? You're going to backdoor a Fantastic Four movie through Doctor Doom? Well, yeah, well, that it kind of just screams them sort of saying, no, we're not going to let Marvel have these characters, so we're just going to make another film, because the rights are coming up, and yeah. we, we need to make another film. Wait... I'd be interested to find out when the rights expire again, because aren't they on, like, a certain number of years basis? Four years. Four years? Okay, so when was the last... When was Fan 4-Stick? Uh, you and I were still working with the other outfit, so it's been... It's been a bit. Two years, I'll say two years. It's been two years, so so they're literally halfway there, so they need to show some movement. Yeah, so... Expect this movie, like, nothing to happen until, like, the year before, and then they'll suddenly be making one until really it, fast. Until it gets farted out onto your movie screens. I wonder what will come out first. Will this come out first, or will that proposed Fantastic Four kids Frank and Valeria movie come out? <laughs> That's not happening. That's no. not happening. It's even more ridiculous. It's like, hey, Valeria, how'd you get your name? Oh, Dr. Doom gave it to you? No kidding, huh? Yeah, yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, Doctor Doom has a very fascinating backstory, what with his mother oh, yeah. and, the, and the Romany and the devil. Which, again, I'm pretty sure you don't got the rights to Mephisto or any of those other characters, so good luck with oh. that. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be his backstory. He, he's going to be, like, a kid who goes to, like, school and meets, like, a young Reed Richards, and, like, while he's at school, he reads, like, becomes the better student, and he gets all angry, and he finds, like... A, a magic book or something and and uses magic to like defeat science or something so you know some bullshit like that so he's mandark is what you're saying reed richards is dexter and dr doom is mandark and when he could exactly and when he couldn't win the science fair he opens up the book and summons jojo the weird gel monster and then he'll have iron man armor because that's what's happening in the comics right now Right, and they're like, well, we, we looked at the cover of a book, that's what was happening right now. That's why we did it. I wonder, legally, could they even do that? Well, like, dressing, dress him in an armor. Yeah, as long as they don't say it's an Iron Man armor, could they get away with that? Well, that, well, that that's that's the thing, like, they could do it, but everyone would be like, well, this is just Iron Man. Yeah, shit. Uh, it's sad, isn't it? Because you're like, you're just, you're just going to keep fucking this up every four years, aren't you? I don't know why they don't just say it a lot. Like, like, they've seen how Spider-Man is doing for Sony now that Marvel is able to make the movie. Why don't they just go to him and say, hey, we'll still make our X-Men movies, but you can make the Fantastic Four movies, and maybe we can maybe build a bridge there that bridges both universes. Because uh, that would be too simple, and also, too, I think no one wants to be the guy to admit defeat here is the deal. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think what the Fox people are a bit too proud. Yeah, no one wants to admit defeat on this one, and also no one wants to be the guy who lets the Fantastic Four get away on their watch. Yeah. Because if they do, Marvel's going to turn around and make a huge popular blockbuster out of it, and you're going to look really stupid. Well, that that's the thing. That, that's why, like Sony, Sony's making all the money from that Spider-Man movie. Marvel isn't. Marvel just, like, wanted to make the movie so he could be in... Avengers everything they could do the exact same thing but no apparently Fox hates money apparently so highest grossing solo film in the Marvel franchise to date yeah yeah Fox hates money they like just giving the money to Ridley Scott so he can shit out another alien film (laughs) gods and robots and stuff (laughs) gods are robots remember when this franchise was just about aliens who killed people on a space station (laughs) <laughs> Remember that? Those were good times, weren't they? <laughs> but even this too must pass. But yeah, yes. so, so look forward to Matt and I being very salty about Doctor Doom in the future, if it even gets off the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like we said, in two years it has to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. In two years they're going to kick in the turbos on that one. Man, here's hoping they can have, like, another truly awful one to, like, the awful trifecta, because it's like, wow, those two Fantastic Four movies were easily two of the worst superhero movies of all time ever made. Oh, so so it, like, breaks the director again, like it did Josh Trank? Oh, yeah, that's right, We and we never heard from Josh Trank ever again. Yeah, he went on, like, a Twitter tirade and then disappeared. <laughs> he jumped into whatever cave Alan Moore is hiding out in, and they're just hiding out there together. <laughs> or they did it to you too, Hart. <laughs> Hollywood with their black hearts just ate you up and spit you out. <laughs> yes, Alan, yes, they said my dogs ruined a house, but it's not true. <laughs> oh, God, that was funny, man. His his tweet, though, Josh Trank's tweet about that last Fantastic Four movie will live in infamy. Oh, God, will it ever. Just sh- shitting on the whole thing and just throwing everyone under the bus. I had a good movie four years, or, you know, a couple years ago, and then the studio stepped in. And and I believe him wholeheartedly. I mean, you gotta respect the dude's honesty, even if he was just, like, straight-up committing career suicide. Yeah, it's integrity. Yeah. You know what he is? He is the definition of Dave Chappelle's when keeping it real goes wrong, is what it is. It is. That, 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 That one Twitter tweet cost him a boba fett film yeah <laughs> josh trank age 34 filmmaker loves his job gets to work with uh, marvel superheroes and star wars but what happens when keeping it real goes wrong for josh <laughs> trank <laughs> from being at the top to not being heard of in just the span of 140 characters <laughs> this is josh trank forever showing us when keeping it real goes wrong but you, you know it is going to be real, though, Matt, and it's surprising and kind of took everyone by storm. Uh, we got to see some concept art for Captain Marvel. Oh, my God. Looks oh. really good. Like I, like, I rarely pop for concept art, but I'm like, that's really good concept art. The, 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 the concept art, like, the costume that they had in there was perfect. 100% comic accurate. Like, that's what it needs to be. 
Yeah, she even had her sash. She even had the sash. That looked great. Like, I would have just been won over by that, but then they went a couple extra steps. They're like, oh yeah, this is actually going to predate Iron Man, the story. It's going to be a 90s period piece. Mm-hmm. Sam Jackson's going to be in it, and he's going to have two eyes. Yep. Which is pretty crazy. And, oh yeah, what's uh, what's this? The scrolls are going to be the villains. Not just the scrolls. We're getting the Kree scroll roar. Damn, son. Which, again, goes to show the Creed are involved in this. I wonder, does that mean we're going to see the OG Captain Marvel in this movie at some point? Kevin Feige was kind of... He doesn't really know at this point. Because they're still writing the script and everything. And he, but he doesn't think that they're going to go that route. Right, I know some people... Because it might be a bit too hard to explain. A little bit. I know some people were kicking around the idea that maybe Captain Marvel already has some sort of latent Kree DNA inside of her that allows her to access her powers, which all I can think is like, so she's inhuman, is what you're saying now? Because <laughs> that sounds like an inhuman. If it if it clucks like an inhuman and it walks like an inhuman, that's an inhuman. <laughs> Which, you know, would only kind of bug me in just as much as I am a comic purist. And it's like, no, Captain Marvel isn't an inhuman. Kamala Khan is a Miss Marvel and an inhuman, but not Carol, though. Yeah, and we're getting Kamala Khan in that TV show, aren't we? That's right, I think we are. So again, you're setting it all up so that there's already been a Captain Marvel, so this new Kamala Khan Captain Marvel we're going to see on TV makes sense. It's, it's really smart to do that, to make this a period piece and be like, oh, no, no, Captain Marvel's been around. She's been doing stuff. And even more so, Skrulls have been around and doing stuff since before Iron Man. Yeah, and I, I said on Twitter, like, okay, Skrulls, uh, a thing now in the MCU. So does that mean, like, maybe some people we've seen have been Skrulls? The Mandarin was a Skrull. There you go. You got to do over. <laughs> any any anyone they killed who they didn't want to kill and wanted to bring back uh, yeah they were a scroll it it sets it out it sets it out did, did we say that was Ob- did we say Obadiah Stane was dead we meant he was a scroll <laughs> any a- anyone who died who we really liked was ultimately just a scroll all along <laughs> quicksilver actually a scroll he can be back now <laughs> that wasn't the real me who died that was the scroll me <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is an awesome idea for a movie. I think this is so cool, and even more so, it makes sense now that why Captain Marvel is going to be the buffer between the Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm, yep. Oh, it's like, okay, so it's not actually involved. Yeah, well, it makes me think that maybe there's going to be something in Infinity War that, like, references that, and everyone's going to be like, whoa, what what the hell is that? And they're going to say, well, come back and check out Captain Marvel where this is explained. Again, if it's going to involve everything we think it's going to involve and it's going to be more cosmic, a character will probably mention the Kree-Skrull war in passing. Yeah, well, people were, like, going back through, because they obviously announced that Nick Fury will be in the film. People were going back through and, like, like just seeing some of his lines he said in past films, and some of them actually make sense in context now that he's going to be in a Kree Scroll War film in the 90s as well. Like, he talks about lose, the last person he trusts made him lose an eye. Mm. Um, he, he talks about there's there's things people don't understand. You're not the first superhero, is mm. what he says to Iron Man, mm. stuff like that. It's also something, too, we know that S.H.I.E.L.D., because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were keeping a Kree body alive in a bunker. Yeah. What if that What if that was, like, the one that was in Captain Marvel? 
if if they actually tie that together, I will say kudos for you for tying the movies and Shield together like that. We could also have a young Coulson. That would be cool, a young Clark. That's right, they could put him back in this now because he wouldn't be dead. <laughs> Although they'll have to cross that bridge when they get to it too, where it's like, are you ever going to tell the Avengers you're alive? Yeah, no, well, the thing is they can put him in Captain Marvel and not have people say like, well, why doesn't you just go find Steve and all those sort of things? Because yeah. those characters don't technically exist now. That would be so smart to put a young Clark Greg Coulson in that movie. Like, he's he's yeah. like a junior agent in the 90s. Yeah, he discovers, you know, Carol or something. Back in the 90s, I was a junior S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my little Bojack for you there, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that's so cool. I think this is going to really, much like, you know, I, I know I'm trying not to be a broken record here and say this every time, but I think Captain Marvel is going to open up the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a big way to, like, a bunch of new avenues. Oh, it sounds amazing. And is it, we haven't had a movie set in the 90s yet, which means we're going to get, like, cool music like Nirvana and grunge and stuff. That would be cool. Stone Temple Pilots, you know, you just get it all there in this awesome soundtrack. <laughs> I, I fully support all of these endeavors for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Especially because, yeah, you're right, having a cool soundtrack seems to sort of be the go-to now for superhero movies. You need it. Oh, well, there is a character on its own. It is. Like, no one expected Spider-Man to have a cool soundtrack, but it did, and it was wicked. Yeah. So, yeah, why why not Captain Marvel, too? Uh, now, what else did we have here in this big, ever-growing list of topics? Uh, oh, uh, speaking of Marvel movies, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Lawrence Fishburne have been cast in the Ant-Man sequel as two rather prominent characters. It, it kind of surprised me that they cast these two people. They cast I, a Catwoman and a Perry White. <laughs> I know, right? And they already have a Batman. Yo, friggin' DC Warner Brothers, guard your kids, guard your wife, because they casting everybody up in here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they might be small roles, but still. But yeah, so Michelle Pfeiffer, the former Catwoman, will now be the OG Wasp Janet Van Dyne. How cool is that? That, oh, oh, Perfect. It, it really is, and I'm like, yep, yep, like everything about that. Can't wait to see her and Pim start bouncing off each other if we get that chance. They might just be flashbacks, we don't know, although I assume the sequel will involve them going to the microverse to get her back in one way or another. Yeah, and maybe that's where Bill Foster comes in. Yes, that's right, Bill Foster, a.k.a. Goliath. Yeah, so they they kind of go on the Goliath route. Maybe, maybe he won't suit up, but he'll probably be there to sort of talk about like because obviously in in civil war that's the first time we saw ant-man change into giant man so they're probably going to be experimenting with that and everything i think even in the footage they had um at comic-con because they've only been filming for like a week on ant-man and the wasp and um they had footage and they had like footage of ant-man like hiding behind a skyscraper as giant man and stuff (laughs) and cars shrinking down and then growing up underneath another car and flipping it and all this really cool stuff. I uh, I really liked Ant-Man 1. I'm actually quite excited for Ant-Man 2. It was really interesting. I liked the way they were doing all the effects and everything. I thought it was really cool. The fact that it didn't feel like anything else in the Marvel canon no. as well. No, it was a heist film. It was a heist film and it was more comedy than anything else. Yeah, and and Luis is back, so that's good. Oh, well, that's all we need. Dude, Luis is one of those characters. You could put Michael Pena's character in the comic tomorrow and no one would complain. I'd love if, like, 
they do like they bring back the one shots, but they're all like about Lewis re- <laughs> retelling the story, like the stories of like all the movies. So like he retells Iron Man, then Incredible Hulk, but they're all like like completely wrong. I fully I fully support this and there. Yo, so there's like this rich guy named like Tony Stark, right? And he's like a big baller OG, and everyone loves it. But then he gets murked out in the desert, right? Only he weren't really murked though. <laughs> There you go. And I'm sure Michael Pena would be up for it. Dude, Michael Pena loves a paycheck, and we love it when Michael Pena gets a paycheck. <laughs> so more power to that. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is going to be really good. Uh, continuing on the trailer bandwagon here, we got not one but two trailers for the Defenders. Yeah, one was kind of like a it was like an advertisement, um, like a South Korean advertisement for Netflix with the Defenders with Stan Lee. That was beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I got actual chills. I got a little misty-eyed. It's Stan Lee driving in a car in New York talking about what makes a hero and what makes them special. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Stan, you're touching my heart right now. <laughs> and he's all old and frail, and you think he's going to die on every word, but he doesn't. Yeah, and and you get to see all the footage from all the different shows, and then it shows you some Defender stuff, and then the, the last shot, the last shot. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, then we get Punisher. Yes, where, where it's funny, Stanley's like, you know, this is what makes a hero, and you know, this, this is what we strive for. This is the good in the hearts of all men. And then Punisher, don't forget me. <laughs> to where I'm like, okay, Frank, no, no one invited you to this uplifting hero party. You're you're needed at the dour anti-hero party. <laughs> Apparently, the um the Punisher stuff that was shown was actually really good, and they they haven't like like watered it down at all. That's good. Well, I mean, Punisher was always going to be a Netflix slam dunk to the point it's like I can't believe it took you this long. I I know I know it's going to be when's that come out. Uh, sooner than we think, they had the little uh, they had the little logo. Yeah, so maybe so Defenders comes out next month. Yep. Hard uh, to so probably probably November maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. And it's just just all Marvel all the time. You never have to stop. Yeah, and then we got then we got like goddamn what's shooting at the moment? Goddamn Luke Cage season two, and then they announced season three of Daredevil, and then season two of Iron Fist, and oh god, we never have to stop, Matt. We never have to stop. (laughs) Yeah, they're giving us content that we can use in these videos. (laughs) It's true, you know, when when people complain about like you know superhero fatigue and everything, like oh, can't they just take a year off? Not if I want to eat and make rent. They shouldn't. They should never stop. In fact, there should be more. <laughs> there should always be more. Never, never stop stopping. Is what they need <laughs> to do. Uh, but yeah, the, the other Defenders trailer, which was much more of a story trailer, uh, dealt a lot with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, her character, uh, I think, is named Alexandra. Right. And um, yeah, sort of her goings on with the hand and it appears she's in control of Electra who I think we actually found out like Electra's had like sort of a brain reset and she doesn't know who anyone is right. and that's how Alexandra's using her as sort of like a weapon yeah yeah she she's the beast of the hand more or less yeah and you know she she's so powerful she's taken out whole groups of dudes and that's why uh Daredevil has to get has to get a whole team together to fight them mm-hmm uh, I, I will say credit where credit is due. Iron Fist wasn't totally, uh, what's the word? He wasn't totally insufferable in this. He actually works quite well with everyone else's buffers. 
Yeah, well, we didn't really see a lot of him except for the, like, I have chi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you now? <laughs> Man, the image that was, will be forever burned in my mind, and the image I didn't know I really needed until I got it, is haggard-ass Jessica Jones cracking a beer on a subway in between Luke Cage and Daredevil. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Look, it's been a long day. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my girl, that's Jess, that's my hard-drinking alcoholism isn't funny or cute. <laughs> yeah, and, and she doesn't offer the beer to anyone else. <laughs> nope, this, this is mine. She only has one travel beer. <laughs> one travel beer. Hey, it's my road beer. You know, they say, you know, one for the road. That's what they meant. <laughs> hey, it's New York. I don't drive. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I can do this and not get in trouble. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's just so much cool shit from that show. We can uh, probably get to see Luke Cage and Danny become friends. We can see uh, the Luke and Jess romance maybe played with a little more. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Matt having to come head-to-head with The Hand and, of course, Elektra and all his complicated emotions therein. Yep, and uh, The Punisher coming back. Yeah. He's coming back. Hey, you're not going to do this without me, huh? People didn't expect me to be as popular, but I was. I I, I really hope he like comes in at the last minute with like like a chain gun or like oh, just some yeah. big big fuck off gun and just like fucks everyone up he's got like a one of those giant gatling guns it's like freaking uh predator where he's just mowing everything down <laughs> and they're like look look we, we were gonna give you a long-winded speech about how killing is bad but but also thank you for saving us <laughs> dead it was like god damn it frank but thank you and also come watch my show then he leaves <laughs> it's a pretty fucking good lead-in for my show. Huh? That's that's Punisher's new amazing power. He actually knows he's in a TV show. <laughs> he's gifted with the power of self-awareness. <laughs> but yeah, that that looks really cool. We'll definitely be talking about Defenders very soon because again, it just comes out next month. I think yeah, I think it comes out in two weeks. I want to say two weeks, maybe three. So it comes out on a Friday. I know that. That's so hard to believe. It's like, oh yeah, and also, friggin' uh, Defenders is happening before you know it. Yeah, jeez. Alright, so, again, m- moving on from the TV stuff, we got more movie stuff to cover. We get we, we saved the big two for last year, uh, or maybe three, because I also put a jokey one here at the end of it, but uh, <laughs> we got the Justice League trailer, plus a whole bunch of other news from the DC panel, including Flashpoint, and maybe Ben Affleck is fed up. Yeah, a lot goddamn happened around DC, this, this San Diego Comic-Con. The trailer looked fine, it looked good, but all the DC trailers looked good. In many cases, they were better than the movies they were attached to. The, DC Warner Brothers does not get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no, the, 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 the problem is, like, the trailers, like, these, these first two trailers I'm not going to pay too much attention to because, A we have a new director on the film, so That's they might the not thing. be indicative of his vision. That that footage they showed us, what cut of the movie is that from, now that we know it's undergone yeah. some rather substantial reshapings? Yeah, are those scenes that are actually going to be in the movie, or are those scenes that are going to be reshot? That's true. We, we don't know. We really don't know. Again, I'm going to assume, this is the theory I'm working under, I'm basing this on nothing, they had the big action bits done. That's what you know Snyder did. That's what Snyder does. All the action stuff will stay. It's the character stuff and the connective tissue that will be different. 
possibly, but in saying that, the, the character stuff could also affect the action stuff. That is true. Like, like they, like a character could, like Batman, say, oh, I'm not killing her anymore, and then it cuts to a scene of him like murdering a bunch of people or something, just like murdering a bus full of puppies because they looked at him wrong. Yeah, so like I don't know what they're going to be doing with these reshoots. These reshoots have been going on for like three months. They so have... it's not 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 as Ray Fisher said, small. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! No, everyone, they're just they're just small reshoots. Then why is it taking so long? Yeah. Why are they rebuilding sets? <laughs> yeah, I I think someone is not telling us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah. Uh, another thing, I'm sure this uh, I'm sure you noticed this as well. Man, did they sure give Wonder Woman preferential treatment in this trailer. They open with her. They show a bunch of stuff with her. They show that the Amazons are involved. It's almost like she had a mildly successful film. It's almost like people actually like that one, and you want to remind people of things they like. Hey, hey, people, <laughs> you like that Wonder Woman, right? Well, don't worry. She's going to be in this, and if you want to see what happened next with her and the Amazons, you should, you should really see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I did like in the trailer is like some of Barry Allen's stuff. Yeah, he uh, he was funny. Like that that thing where they all disappeared on the rooftop behind Gordon, and he's just still standing there. He's like, oh, that's rude. They really do that, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, kind of meta, kind of meta. It is. Uh, J.K. Simmons looks good as Gordon. Again, don't know how much of the movie he's gonna be in. I imagine that's his scene right there. Yeah, again, don't know why he ended up getting jacked for it. I know, right? It's like, dude, you know you're going to wear a trench coat, right? You know you know the trench coat covers, like, everything. Like, you could actually come in with a beer belly and it'd be fine. <laughs> why you got ripped is beyond me. Unless, as I mentioned, unless when Parademons start attacking, Gordon's like, this is a job for me, and he rips off his shirt and he just starts punching. Just starts punching Ooh. everything. Yeah. Maybe that was the person Alfred was talking to at the end of the trailer. Like, he rips off his shirt, he's like, Master Roshi. Oh, yes, just like that. And now I'm going to show you the Kamehameha wave. <laughs> it's a secret technique passed down the Gordon family line. <laughs> uh, and then, Batman, I'll teach you how to go Kaioken times ten. <laughs> Because I'm good like that. Also, it's funny, too, where it's like, yeah, Justice League, all your favorite heroes together, minus Superman. All your favorite heroes fighting the good fight, minus Superman. I, I, I really love that they, like, try to convince people that Superman is dead. I, I love, I love like, all the marketing and everything, because, like, one will slip through and they'll release, like, a standee in, like, a cinema that has Superman on it, and they'll be like, oh, don't, don't pay attention to that. No. Look, at this po look at this poster that doesn't have Superman in it. No one in their right mind, no one under the age of six actually believes that Superman is not going to be in this. Yeah, and, and he's the one Alfred was talking to at the end, oh, because you can, see a, you can see a red cape in the in the corner of the screen. Oh, fucking obviously. I mean, what, what else would it be? I mean, it's, it's not Justice League without him. No. Although, man, now that we're talking about Superman, we gotta talk about this. Man, do you gotta love the revisionist history they're laying down about Superman. He was a beacon of hope. He made everyone better. He was my best friend. Um, when the fuck did any of that happen? I, I watched the other two movies. Loads of people were calling them out on that on Twitter. They were, like, saying, when did all this... Did we, like, miss a movie? Like, this... he was a giant prick in both those movies. Like, why is every... why is he a shining beacon of hope? Uh, I'm pretty sure he killed warlords, broke necks, made everyone in the city terrified of him. But, yeah. 
<laughs> but but Joel, he saved those oil worker guys. Yeah, and he looked horribly pissed about it the whole time. Every time he had to save someone, it looked like he was holding in the biggest dump of all time. I know. He looked like it was it was taking time out of his busy schedule where yeah. he would sit on the couch it shirtless and get mad at CNN or something. <laughs> you see, this is the thing about Superman. All the important things with Superman happen in between movies. You gotta understand, falling in love with Lois Lane, moving in with him, happens in between movies. Becoming a shining beacon of hope to the point they build a statue happened in between movies. Yeah, that's why I hope what happens apparently in the Flash film actually happens. <laughs> yeah, so the other thing is apparently the Flash movie, when we get it, is going to be called Flashpoint, where it's like, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, just getting past all the things of Flashpoint being the first ever Flash film ever made, and all that sort of shit, and you have to build up for it and everything. You know, seventy-five plus years of history and all that. Um, hopefully, this means that there's going to be a reset. Yeah, I mean, why would you call it Flashpoint if this was not your attempt to soft reboot? Unless mm -hmm. you're so dense, where it's like, well, people, people like the word Flashpoint, right? They liked it on TV, they liked it in animated movies. Let's just take it not knowing what it means. Yeah, and what, what's the bet, like, if it is like the actual Flashpoint comic, and, you know, it's about, you know, about Thorn killing Flash's parents, and then he going back in time and everything, what if they, they suddenly, oh, we don't need any of that, because people will know it from the TV show. Ugh. What if they do like do that, like uh, using abusing the TV show like that? That would be some shit. Where it's like, oh, so, so you're expecting the TV show to you know like educate people, but you're also not going to uh, cast Grant Gustin? Yeah, exactly. You're going to cast some different actor who now, plays the character completely different. Which again, to Ezra Miller's credit, he was funny. He actually looks like he's having a good time, which puts him above most of the other actors in the cast. But still, yeah. is not the time for Flashpoint. Unless you're actually being serious and this is your attempt to retcon shit, which is believable now because the other big news around DC and Warner Brothers this time is that apparently they already have contingencies in place for should Ben Affleck uh, back out. This once they like before that, I was kind of like eh, maybe I could see it, but then they announced Flash when I'm like, okay, yeah, definitely, this is this is their thing that if if Ben Affleck doesn't work out or something or like. This is their out that to cast us a younger Batman to have Batman stories that took place in that twenty years. They've uh, they've got him for Justice League. They've got him for the solo Batman movie, which I'm sure they've already filmed or you know he's already like he's he's in it. So you know they, they've got him for that. But he said he, he said something quite interesting on the panel where he's like, "Oh, don't worry, they're not going to force me out of this." And I'm like, "That still doesn't mean you're not going. You're just saying they're not going to force you out of. That says you're going to leave under your own power when you leave." Well, well, the the funny thing is like he came out and addressed that. Good good on him for doing that. But also like people are like, "Oh, well, that that means that 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 rumor was fake." I'm like, I'm sure he's going to come out onto a stage. Of a movie he's presenting, trying to sell to to, to trying to sell to say I'm not going to be Batman after this. He's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, he's he ain't he ain't gonna do that. But even still, uh, wow, it's just it's. I know you and I joked about this before. It's like guys, if you can't even keep your Batman happy and if you can't even keep him involved, just start over. And, yeah, it looks like they're doing it now, you know, just disregard all, all the history that goes in with Flashpoint and everything. It looks like they, they're they trying to do a reset. It's like, look, Wonder Woman happened definitely because you people liked that. Everything else is up in the air. 
you, you know what I think why they want to do Flashpoint? Why? Because when um, uh, Batman v Superman came out and um, we saw like the Wayne's death and it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan and that other woman from uh, oh, Walking yeah. Dead, like heaps of shit was coming out about them being... Um, the Flashpoint versions, right? Oh, like, that like, oh, cool. like, like, oh, yeah. We should. We're, I want to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan play Flashpoint Batman. What if that's like, like, because DC are reactionary. Oh, of course. So, oh, do the fans want that? Oh, we'll make a Flashpoint film now and have you know Batman use guns because that's different. I actually really kind of want to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan. As I, crazy I do. I do as well. Batman. I, I do as well, but it's too soon. It is too soon. You have to earn that. You have to work up to it. You just can't have it because you want it. Yeah. Although that would be pretty fucking funny. Also, too, there's talk of, like, apparently they're running ahead on a Nightwing movie now. Is this their way, too, to being like, oh, and Bruce retired or died or whatever, and Dick Grayson became the new Batman. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is the backdoor pilot to that. <laughs> we hope you like him because he's going to be Batman now. And, and again, you know, this is, this is all hypothetical. This is all up in the air. But I'm willing to believe it because, like, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck before Batman two-time Oscar winner, getting a lot of good buzz for his writing and directing. He basically rebirthed his entire career. Mm-hmm. Post-Batman, oh, I gotta go to rehab for drinking, and my movies are getting really bad reviews, and the other movie I was working on, Live By Night, got savaged by critics and everything, and fuck! <laughs> yeah, and that movie actually cost Warner Brothers a lot, because he didn't pay for it, they paid for it all. Yep. They just gave him the money to do it, and it, it flopped hard, apparently. Yeah, it sure did. I feel bad for him. I really do. And it's like, I'm sure he knows what even we as fans just looking in know, and that is they need him as Batman way more than he needs to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if he wanted to back out, I, I, wouldn't, I would not be surprised. And some people are like, well, he can't back out. He's under contract. He signed a huge contract. You can get out of contracts. You just have to pay through the nose to do it. Yeah, and if it's something that he really wants to get out of to go focus on directing or whatever, he would do that. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the famous cases, you know, when Conan, when he was a Simpsons writer, but they wanted him to host his show, they paid through the nose to get him out of his Simpsons contract. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, ben, it can happen. It, it can, can happen. Famously, it has. I mean, Ben Affleck's freaking loaded anyway, so I would not be shocked at all if he was willing to pay just to not have to be Batman anymore. Yeah. Which, goddamn, that makes you sad. Where it's like, really, I assume being Batman would be the greatest job in the world. It didn't bring you joy and happiness. It turned you to the drink and ruined all your other projects. Well, you know, probably had something to do with Zack Snyder and his mm. his vision for Batman kind of being different. You know, I heard something, I don't know whether it's true or not, but it sounds like something that is true for Zack Snyder. Apparently, like, whenever him or Henry Cavill would have some difference about the character on the set of uh, Man of Steel, they wouldn't talk it out. They would do push-ups until one gave up, and the one who gave up had to give in to the other's reasoning. Wow, that... And and I'm like, I, that doesn't really sound true, but it sounds true for Zack Snyder. It sounds insane, but it also sounds just true enough. 
Yeah, and that could probably... And, like, the guy's a beast, so that's probably why he was able to, like, get what he wanted in out of the character. <laughs> that's, that's literally one step above, well, we both feel strongly about this issue, Matt, but I tell you what, I'll wrestle you for it, and if you pin me, <laughs> you get to host the show this week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I really, I really don't want to have to wrestle you again, so, I mean, I guess I'll just give you your way <laughs> if you're just challenging people to wrestling matches. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's your taste of Justice League. Again, who knows? Like, I, I really don't know about this because apparently the movie they started with, the movie they have and the movie that's being reshot right now could be worlds different. That's why I'll only pay attention to the final trailer. Right. That's the only trailer I'm going to be paying attention to. Yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely keep our eyes on this one moving forward because the thing about Justice League is no one knows anything. Mm-hmm. Even the writers and directors and everything. Uh, No no one knows anything. (laughs) Tell me about it. So uh, from there, our second to last piece of news. uh, For Ragnarok, we got the second trailer for that. Uh, Yeah, trailer and poster. Yeah, it looks cool, doesn't it? The the, the choice of music they use for these trailers. Yeah, someone someone in the music department deserves a cookie. They, uh, They were definitely putting in work on this one. Yeah, the funny thing is the soundtrack they use for the trailer is is, is a song from um, Hotline Miami 2. Oh, I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah. Man, I hope the Hotline Miami composer got a nice little uh, little stipends for that. I, I don't think it's by him. I think it's like a, a piece of music that from a band or something. Or oh. someone someone posted. I can't remember what the what it's called, but uh, it, it's a pretty cool song. Someone's got excellent taste. We didn't really learn anything all too new about this trailer that we didn't already know. Hela takes over Asgard. Thor gets lost in Guardian space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see some stuff with Valkyrie. The big takeaway that everyone, of course, was talking about is, hey, Hulk talks. Yeah, so on the panel they said that like Hulk has been like Hulk for two years. Like He hasn't gone back to Banner for two years. Makes sense. So he basically has the speaking capability, maybe, of, like, a two-year-old. Which, that's actually a pretty good justification for it. It's like, well, why didn't Hulk talk up until this point? Oh, because he was only hulked out for moments at a time. He never had to do anything more than roar and say smash. Yeah, this time he he doesn't want to come back to Banner because yeah, of, of the baggage he had, so yeah. It's it's escaping into it with another personality. I, I like the voice and the cadence they give Hulk when he does talk. I, I wonder who's voicing it, because it's not Lou Ferrigno. No. Because Lou Ferrigno did the voice in Avengers, Incredible Hulk, and I think Age of Ultron. Right. <laughs> is, is it Freddy Tattisher? Freddy Tattisher does the Hulk in literally everything else. It, it might be um. It might be Mark Ruffalo. He might have did the voice, and they might have like dropped it and played around with it in post and whatnot. It's a good voice. I like it. You know, they have the whole bit about being like, you know, I'm like a raging fire. You're like, you know, a smaller fire. Then they fight fucking Sutar. Oh, oh, Serta, voiced by Clancy Brown. Excellent. Okay, you you get another gold star for excellent casting. Yep, mo-capped by the director as well. Really? That's uh, yeah. Who, who, who's voicing his own character, Korg? That's uh, that's the what we do in the shadows guy, right? Yeah, Taika Waititi. Right. I see that movie was on Netflix. I meant to watch it for years. I watched it last night. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? It's very funny. Jeremy Clement is great. It's just a smart idea for a comedy. It's also like yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, I can see you guys improv like 90% of this. 
Oh, I'm sure they did. He, his other mo- more recent movie, um, Hunt for the Wilder People, was hilarious as well. Okay, I'll, I'll add that to my watch list. But yeah, he, he's one of those guys where it's like, wow, you are a unique talent. Yeah, and Marvel were lucky to get him. Yeah, which I think that goes to show why this one looks so interesting and why this one looks so, you know, different from not even just the other two Thor movies, but just like every Marvel movie in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he, he weirdly is the perfect person for this Jack Kirby-esque thing they're going for here. Oh, they're going full-on Jack Kirby, which is funny because, like, obviously in the in Justice League, Steppenwolf is kind of like a Jack Kirby creation, and he looks nothing yeah. like a Jack Kirby creation. Yeah, he's Whereas, like, here in Thor, God. we've got... Here in Thor, we've got all these weird creatures and designs of armor that is, like, completely Kirby-esque. Oh, absolutely. It's a love letter to the man's art. Like, I never thought you would actually be able to render that in real life. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Steppenwolf there, Matt. The fact that we didn't bother to mention Steppenwolf at all when we talked about Justice League, I think, speaks volumes to the staying power of Steppenwolf as a villain. It looks like they reused the Ares models he, from he, Wonder Woman, like, he, literally. He looks exactly like Ares, and that's really disappointing. Yeah, he he has an axe, and I think Ares had a sword. Yeah. That's, like, the difference. <laughs> I mean, why, why even do weird New Gods characters if you're not going to make them weird and amazing? Mm-hmm. Look different to whatever else you've been doing. Yeah, why are you just going to have Guy in armor number 34 who breaks the earth and does weird shit? Also, as a comic fan, it's like, really, Steppenwolf, really, come on. For the Justice like really, come on. (laughs) And the fact, too, that it's like, no, but he's basically just like Raditz. He's just like the first one who they send and be like, oh, if you think I was strong, wait until you see Darkseid who's coming in two years. (laughs) You'll see how strong he is. But yeah, Ragnarok. Ragnarok looks really friggin' cool. And and Fenris, Fenris the Wolf yeah. is in there, too. Wasn't expecting that, but then again, the movie's called Ragnarok, so... Yeah, that that looked really cool. And we get to see um, Carl Urban as... Um, Scourge. Scourge with his two guns, and he's going to get into that really cool panel that we've seen in the comics where he just murders a bunch of people. Yeah, I, I really like they got Urban on board as Scourge. I'm like, man, don't, don't kill Urban as Scourge. I, I want him to keep coming back and shit. I was surprised about how many people actually didn't know that. Like, when they saw the trailer, like, like holy crap, Carl Urban's in this film? I know. Uh, again, because they do such a good job, like uh, like we said, making them disappear into the role. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. Yeah. Uh, I guess Taiko was able to get him because he's New Zealander as well. So ah, he just, like, sense. went next door to the next-door neighbor's house and said, hey, Carl, you want to be in my movie? Because, as we all know, uh, New Zealand is a very, very tiny place. Yes, very. <laughs> there's, there's maybe only 90 vampires in all of New Zealand. Yeah, and a couple of hobbits. And... Yeah, yeah, a couple of hobbits there, too. <laughs> I, I wonder, because obviously Chris Hemsworth is Australian. You know, he's an Aussie, and he's taken orders from a Kiwi. I wonder if that led to a lot of trouble on set. I wonder if things got rough <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Probably. Ah, fuck you, you damn Kiwi. I'm going to take uh, orders from you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, come over here and say that to me, you damn Aussie. <laughs> you like having a Greek and Macedonian guy work together. Oh. <laughs> this is going to be rough, man. It's going to be rough. But yeah, I mean, what else can you really say about uh, Thor Ragnarok? I think it could... Eat, I mean, it's already shaping up to be the best one of the series. The, oh, oh, definitely. The other two can't even compare to it. And it's even funny because the director said, like, he, he approached the film like those two films don't actually exist. And this is, like, 
kind of like the first time you've seen Thor. Yeah, and I quite like the first Thor, but I know that makes me a weird outsider. It's nice to see they're kind of, they're almost soft rebooting Thor in a weird way, where it's like, nah, treat this like this is the first one. Yeah, I, I like the first Thor as well. It was more Shakespearean, but... Very much so. It was it was sword yeah. and sorcery. It's, it's the closest to a great He-Man movie you'll ever get. <laughs> Think about it. It's basically a goddamn He-Man movie. Uh, is is that everything, Matt? I had one last thing here about uh, Todd McFarlane finally getting up off his ass and trying to make a Spawn movie, but yet again, file that in the this-might-not-happen category. Did, did, we, did we want to talk about Infinity War? Oh, yeah, okay, so this this is weird. So, like, the trailers have leaked. Like, people obviously have their camera phones and everything. It's not out officially, but we did see some stuff from it because it's hard not to see it on the Internet. Did, did you see the posters? Uh, yes, the posters were cool, but it do, do go in greater detail. I may have glimpsed them a little bit. I was waiting for the trailer. We got three posters that are all in, interconnected, and they show pretty much all the characters that are going to be involved with the thing. We got Captain America in a beard. Yes, that's right. He's also ripped off all the logos from his shit. He's, yeah. going, essentially, he's going nomad, essentially. It's the, it's the U.S. Avenger costume. Oh. Basically, or pretty US much. Agent. Yeah, yeah, U.S. agent, basically. Is it black or is it still blue? It's black. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, cool. That that means there's like he's... there's like unused concept. It's it's based on unused concept art from um, uh, Civil War that oh. he was going to have right at the end when he appeared right at the end of the film. Oh no, shit! I guess that means when he's done with that costume, he can give it to someone else, and they can be the new U.S. agent. <laughs> is usually how it goes. But yeah, the poster looks really cool. We got a glimpse of all the characters, all the Guardians, mm. Thor, Hulk, yep. all those. Bucky has his arm back, and it doesn't have a red star on it. Aha, uh-huh. casual Thanos. Yeah, they actually have a reason for why he's dressed like that. Really? What was it? Yeah, so he doesn't wear his Warlord armor anymore because it's basically useless now that he has the gauntlet. Yeah, like he doesn't enough. need he doesn't need armor anymore because yeah. he has this this gauntlet that protects him. Solid enough reasoning. Why why am I going to wear all this bulky ass armor when I'm already super powerful? Exactly. But yeah, the 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 trailer was pretty awesome. Yeah. Again, we we saw it at a weird fucked up angle because I know that's what all the screenshots were coming out at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Like, more recently, they found one that was a little bit tilted down, so you got kind of the whole thing, but you, you got a general idea of what was happening, and it's, it's pretty crazy. Spider-Man in his Iron Spider costume, Doctor Strange all hanging out together. Yeah, Doctor Strange helping Star-Lord. Yeah, interesting. There's a, there's a hell of a team-up. Yeah, the, the Guardians meeting Thor. Which makes sense, because it's like, well, if Thor is still out in space by the time all this is said and done... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it could definitely go that way. But yeah, I mean, just lots of really cool shit at San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Lots of stuff to talk about. Oh, God, yeah. And I imagine we'll probably be getting a little bit more, because it's still going on, is it? It is. I Isn't think it? it's still, like, well, again, because the, the time is off. It's like 11 here, but it's still earlier in L.A. where they're doing this, or San Diego. Yeah, I know they at least got, like, one more day, but I don't think there's anything really too big no, and probably, probably probably more comic probably more comic stuff or something. That'd be nice, and they'll probably drop the Avengers trailer officially at some point. I you know I don't think they will be. I think they'll wait until Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. Yeah, you could be right. Usually they like to get out in front of that and be like, "Hey, don't watch this shitty cut. Uh, this shitty like you know bootleg. Watch the real proper one." 
I yeah, they probably do that. I hope they don't mainly because like it'll piss off all the people who are demanding they release the trailer. Yeah, that too. And I, I, I don't really want them to cave into like demands of like spoiled people on the internet. Yeah, yeah, it's true, true, fair enough. So I mean, uh, any closing thoughts here on this one, Matt? We've had an entire full episode as I thought we were going to. Yeah, no, it, lots of lots and lots of good news. I'm I'm sure we probably missed something. We we couldn't cover everything. We could have talked about more TV shit. We could have talked about Bright, that Will Smith movie. We could have talked about Westworld. Yeah, we could have talked about all that, but yeah, it's way too much. We'd be here all day. We'd be here all day and all night. But thank you, everyone, for listening to this San Diego Comic-Con 2017 special. We hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoyed talking. As always, down in the comments section, tell us what you thought. What was your favorite piece of news from San Diego Comic-Con this year? What What do you really want to see? What uh, What are you waiting on super hard for? Uh, if you're a patron, of course, you can listen to this episode first before anyone else. That's usually Sunday night around midnight. By the time it takes me to render it up and put it all up for everyone, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month you'd be helping me and matt out uh thank you everyone who's been going over to the t public store and buying shirts that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah cool matt and i, I we think we, i think we got to fire up some new designs matt people are actually buying this shit i i'm i'm looking at some new designs i'm probably going to do some like like cl- those classic kind of shirts that podcasts have with the the podcast name in different like fonts from pop culture or something so like a couple of easy ones like that and i've got some slightly more harder ones to make as well in mind that's a good one also go back a couple episodes where we asked people for their favorite comic multiverse uh quotes grab some quotes make some quote shirts (laughs) i I was trying to make one today where it was like uh like a biker club rocker but it would be like cape joel club i was trying to make (laughs) but i'm shitty at photoshop so it's hard so i might just uh what is it outsource the project to you at some point as i always do when it comes to photoshop Matt, this is hard. I'm just, I'm making an idiot of myself on Photoshop. Do it for me, please. <laughs> Matt comes pat me on the head. Don't worry, Joel. I'll make it all better. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you, everyone, for listening. Of course, be sure to follow uh, Matt and myself on Twitter so you're always up to date on what's happening. Matt over at uh, MOS underscore. F-O-S. F- oh, yeah, that's right. Fortress of Solitude. Why do I always have? See, I'm always doing it like Man of Steel. You know, Matt of Steel. Yeah, that's that's your name, right, Matt of Steel. <laughs> I, I thought about that and I'm like, yeah, that's too on the nose. No, it's it's a little. It's the same like Mad Matt because he's from Australia. It's too on the nose. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's probably someone out there like that. Oh, there's gotta be. But yeah, be sure to follow him over there. Be sure to follow me at Cape Joel. And uh, yeah, this is basically it, everyone. I got I got nothing else to say, Matt. You got anything else to say? Nah, not really. Go follow us on all our social media. Yeah, please do. So, uh, yeah, until next time, everyone, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See ya.